This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, Alice Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play. That is that. What a shot. Oh, my goodness. Far post for Shearer. Goal. McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection. And a goal. Touch to Mitchell. It's another goal. Incredible. Hobble. wonderful week in the world of in the universe of stfc oh and they'll be going oh terry's being wheeled out that means things are going wrong i don't necessarily think that's the case uh it's certainly not the intention but oh we're gonna have a good old winch later aren't we do you know what <laughs> bizarrely i'm sort of like on the pitch i'm i'm quite positive at the moment like, yeah season's over but i actually think jody morris is doing about as well as he can do he's shown a lot of potential and ed brand exists so it's uh, yeah no don't I, I don't want to be i don't want to be like the grim reaper of the pod you just wheel me out when when you want someone to put 50 <laughs> and have, have a whinge no the reality is when i'm really desperate you, you go go on then rich let's let's do this uh, but it's got to be at times when our, our children aren't going to be kicking off so again if you can hear children in the background it's mine and i'm sorry but it's bath time in in our house and that sometimes can result in tantrums akin to you know bbc disputes with their staff <laughs> yes and i do very much um appreciate you changing your normal recording time which suits your family <laughs> to a recording time that isn't in the witching hour um for 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 my little one because 20 and a half hours a day she's an absolute delight but for 90 minutes between half past seven and nine o'clock she's the devil incarnate so there you go yeah oh yeah oh 
so many people nodding their heads with their <laughs> with, with similar experiences. I'm more than sure. So, like breaking news: Johnny Williams he's retired from international duty, so we won't be losing him for key fixtures in the next few weeks. One would maybe suspect they're not as key as they were last season, but a decent career, and he'll be fondly remembered by many a Welsh fan. Uh, speaking as a non-Welsh fan, I will take your word for it. Um, I'm about as Welsh as Johnny Williams, unfortunately. So, um, Ooh. <laughs> I'm just sorry I couldn't resist. Look, this is this is this is great news for Colchester fans next season. It really is. <laughs> it's such a no-brainer, isn't it? That's yeah. going to happen. <laughs> and and as you mentioned, the Ed Brand saga is over, which is fantastic news. And I I, I won't lie, I've fret about the future of Jody Morris in the last couple of weeks with how his first you know couple of months have gone not in in the respect of what's been happening on the pitch but just it doesn't feel like things were fitting but him committing yeah I feel better now yeah and also it wasn't the weird well we we, we, we at least we don't assume it to be the weird so common that they were talking about either so um, look, I'm, it, it's good news they got to the end. They got they got to where they needed to get to with it. It's fantastic news that it seems to be a more usual, typical uh, <laughs> employment contract. Most importantly, and and you'll pick this up as we as we chat for the next forty five minutes, an hour or so. The most important thing here is it is one thing that Jody Morris needs to start building his. Um, I suppose his own his own identity and 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 start and building blocks for next season, right? Ed Brown was Ed Brown was a big was a big one, uh, a big building block for that. So um, the whole thread at the moment is give everything Jody Morris needs between now and August to have to enable us to compete next year. If we do that, we'll go up. I'm I'm, I'm convinced of it. I think he's been really really impressive so far in with really really limited resource. So fingers crossed the hierarchy can use the the uh, season ticket influx of cash, which we hopefully will get despite the price increases and everything else that's going on to to build a competitive squad for, for Jody and Ed to have a real good go next year because I think, I think they're a real coup. I really do. Yeah, agreed. And I can't wait for a faux rivalry with Wrexham to emerge um, if we're going to have a great season next year. That's going to be good fun. Let's talk about... Swindon Town 1, Carlisle United 2, absolute heartbreak. This one dented the soul for me a little bit. I usually can deal with losses, but this was a real gut punch, considering that, you know, I'm realistic. I'm more than sure that promotion isn't going to happen this season, but you dare to dream. And this one ached the soul. The lineup was Bryn in goal, of course, and then at the back, Minturn, a debut for Bruitt and Clayton, Hutton and Wakeling on the wings, Kane and McEachran just in the middle there with Williams just in front, and then Austin and Hepburn Murphy up top. We would later see Darcy, Lavinia, Shade, of course, and Jeff Cop. Uh, subs not used were Copland, Adeloy, Kaji, Aguar, missing out altogether. So I guess the first glaring omission, really, for fans when 2pm rolled up on Saturday was there was no Tomlinson. I haven't seen why he was out. Have you seen it? Because I haven't really looked to be fair. Yeah, it was a knock. It was a knock. It was a freak. I think I've read something. It was a freak injury he picked up on Friday when he was struck by a football. 
But I'm not quite sure how a footballer can be injured by a football. <laughs> Apparently, that's what happened. The fitness team work alongside Crawley, and suddenly they're getting injured by getting hit by footballs. Oh dear! So, yeah, no, I mean, it, it resulted in a um, in a back three that, on paper, is enough to give anybody heart palpitations. I think, but but you know, it is where we are. And the fact, as I said, the fact that. The fact that Morris is getting this sort of ragtag bunch to to be even remotely competitive is is credit to him, I think. Yeah, that was going to be my question, actually, because we've just played the best team in the division and the third best team in the division based on, on positions. And I can't believe... There's two ways of wording this, isn't there? There's, there's I can't believe we've got away with it over two games where we've got a point at Orient and then we've gone so close to getting a much-deserved point against Carlo, a game where we should have won, as we'll discuss later. Or, like you imply, Morris is getting a note out of these players where, really, in many ways, we have no right to. I think, yeah, I think it's the latter. I really do. I mean, the the, the big caveat I would I would put on that conversation is the idea that those two are the best two teams in the division is a sobering thought, isn't it? In term in terms of where this <laughs> where League Two is this year. And then to double down on that, the fact that we're twelfth and not even not even in with a sniff of, of a top seven position is even more sobering. So it is it I think, you know, in in isolation Saturday there was there was lots of good things. In Morris's seven games so far, there's been lots and lots of good things and, and I'm I'm genuinely like I said, I think he think he's gonna be a real coup along with Ed Brand. The worrying sort of thread that runs through it all is I can't, I just can't get over the fact that we're not competing in this division. It's it's really, really, really saddening and frustrating. Um, but here we are. Here we are. Yeah, it's been a shame, hasn't it? But here we are indeed. So first half, I remember that. Well, Carlisle edged the first half with a few half chances. And at halftime, I do what I do all the time is I send a message to the the podcast group just to see how we win, lose, or draw, you know, whether we're playing well or not. And I was just like, this is boring. This is dull. But the responses I got back was general positivity from from the contributors of, of the podcast, which was nice. I think my point is you can play well and you can do what you need to do, but it can still be dull. And I stick by that. Yeah. I, I, again, I just think it comes back to we we – we have so many players out, particularly in, in defence, that it was almost like they were just doing the best they could, knowing that it wasn't going to be good enough, if that makes sense. Like, you know, first half, you know, we, we played okay. Every individual played okay. But there was never really any thrust to what we were doing. There was never really any sort of build-up of pressure or any any real confidence there that we we were going to go on and win the game and it just it do, it just feels like we're surviving these games at the moment a little bit doesn't it you know we're getting through and we're nicking a point here and there um you know we, we nicked three points up at Salford which was a fantastic result even though I'm, I'm, I'm sure as a neutral you'd say that it was a bit of a smash and grab and it's just look January killed us January killed us and and we just have to look at the next couple of months as Morris and Ed getting their feet under the table, figuring out who in this squad they want to take with them next year, and and ultimately pressure putting pressure on 
on those above them to to make sure that in the summer they have a clear remit to go and build a squad, uh, the, the squad that they want to build. Um, it, it, it's hard because you don't want to sit on March the 12th and say the next 12 games are dead rubbers, but unfortunately they probably are. Um, and it's just building blocks for next season now, isn't it? Yeah, I hope not, but... Yeah, I'm still I'm still daring to dream a little bit about maybe we can make the last 10, 12 games count. But I still maintain, as I said last week, still maintain that I don't think more than two teams are dipping out of the playoff or the top seven, which is where we'll struggle to get in. But we've got to get points on the board too. I've got to get used to the fact that when I see we're playing the team in first, second, third, fourth, I suppose I expect to be entertained or I expect to be like, God, look at the difference between these. Carlisle were well-drilled. They've got good experience in there. But again, they were nothing to be feared. And they did a good job on Swindon, but we just didn't, you know, we didn't threaten them barely at all in that first half. No, but again, Rich, this is what I'm saying. They don't need, A, you don't need to do much to beat this this town side. And B, you don't need to do much to be at the top end of this division. And you know, I, honestly, this this isn't sour grapes. Like, look, fair play to Carlisle. Their support was brilliant yesterday, and I hope they go on and and, and enjoy. You know, we were chatting on the on the on WhatsApp yesterday that that away end on the last minute winner that was us. That was you know that was us last year. That was us going to places and getting results in in, in the last ten games to go. Like, fair play to every single one of them, and I hope they had a lovely day. But realistically, in a half competitive League Two team, uh, League, League Two season, that, they might scrape seventh. I don't. I mean, they're not. There's nothing to them really, um, apart from Owen Moxon, I think, who we all agree is one of the outstanding players at this level this season. I'd probably out of nowhere because he didn't come in with any sort of any sort of top billing. So it is. We didn't lay a glove on them for that first half, and they didn't really lay a glove on us until. Um, until they scored early in the second half, did they really? There was nothing in that first half. Um, a couple of half- no, they, they whipped in a couple of uh, crosses, didn't they? And um, there was no one in to tap it in, but it, it wasn't perilous from the from the stands because you could see there was nobody there to tap it in. But an argument chance was um, was Hepburn Murphy Murphy's bizarre, um, header from a blocked clearance that you know certainly wasn't created by anybody in a red shirt so um and and, and obviously he completely fluffed um so you know that's that's a tough chance the ball's coming out of the air like that I'm not, <laughs> not going to blame him but when that's when that's the sort of peak of your attacking effort for 45 minutes it was just a bit of a nothing game wasn't it unfortunately yeah I, I sit next to Rich Banyard the legend that is and he wasn't happy with that effort and I said well what would you have done and he he turned to me and stared at me very matter-of-fact and said, well, I would have took a touch and put it in the top corner. As he has done hundreds of times in his dreams. <laughs> well, he was not wrong, but I was like, oh, yeah, fair point. There's only one player in, uh, in, in Swindon's history that I want on the end of that ball, and that is Danny Invincible. <laughs> yes, please. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, halftime, nil-nil. It, it, it felt like a nil-nil game at that stage. I even went into the game going, I have absolutely no idea how this is going to go. And it, it played out in a similar way as what I was thinking, because it didn't feel like either team knew how this game was going to play out. And it kind of, the second half kind of started in that way. And then we give away a corner in the 51st minute. And um, Charlie Austin expertly clears the corner by heading the ball against the bar. 
but his creative clearance goes as far as Jack Armour, who hits it from just outside the box and it flies past Sol Brin. And that was his third goal in what was his 100th game, the Rotter, for uh, Carlisle. And as Jody Morris said post-game, he's probably never going to score a half volley like that ever again. But, ugh. It was just a freak goal, wasn't it? <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I mean, Austin's got away with one, absolutely. And then, but but for the ball to just come out to their wing back and just, just smashes into the top corner, <laughs> you just sometimes have to shrug your shoulder. It was, you know, like we said, that first half, we didn't know how the game was going to go. It was just panning out as a pretty naff nil nil until something ridiculous happened, and then something ridiculous did happen. So, you know, at that point, you just if you're a Carlisle fan, you just think we've nicked one here, and and we've just got to. Um, Batting down the hatches, and but and from a, from from Swindon's point of view, it would it seemed to be seemed to be the thing that sort of woke us up. Really, I mean that plus that plus the um, triple substitution for you know fourteen fifteen minutes later, it seemed to combine to uh, to to sort of drag us into the game for twenty minutes. Um, but yeah, I mean. Sometimes those goals, you just have to shrug your shoulders and get on with it, don't you? And that was the general feeling around uh, still getting over Charlie Austin's attempted header. And then then it goes in. And if if you listen to Andrew Hawes' commentary, it's very much like that. So I'm still trying to describe what on earth just happened in the build-up. And then it's in. Swindon had a really, really good chance shortly afterwards. Uh, McEachran, his free kick was perfect. Charlie Austin, all day long, you want on that. That's what we got. He's unmarked, but he guides his header just wide. And I think the Carlisle players think it's offside, but I don't think the 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 flag went up. And that's the rhetoric, isn't it? You know, nine times out of 10, he does score those. But we'll, we'll talk about his overall performance in just a moment. But oh, I still don't understand how he didn't at least get it on target. No, no, I'm sure no, no one more so than Charlie Austin will will be kicking himself for for, for missing that. It, it is one hell of a chance. It's exactly the sort of thing that we've seen him gobble up time and time again, both in the, in his first stint with us and since he's been back. So, yeah, a bit of a frustrating one. <clears throat> at least he was in the right, you know, at least he was in the right position and, and the and the ball was good. It, but it just it just didn't happen for Charlie yesterday, did it? And it was, oh, I guess that that chance was a microcosm of of his performance throughout. It just didn't quite happen for him. Yeah. Yeah. A few listeners observed similar. Clayton Strange says we were better after Charlie was subbed off too many stray passes and lack of composure. And uh, Pete Collins says Chaz looks desperate for some decent crosses, but they don't ever come. But I would argue to the latter point that he doesn't put himself in a position at the moment where he is the person that's going to be, Meeting those crosses, he's he's playing much deeper at the moment. Yeah, do you, I wonder whether that's by design. I mean, I mean, it must be by design, right? I mean, professional. It's got to be professional side set up very, very, very deliberately in a thought out manner. Um, t- to me, it looked like Hepburn Murphy was the was the out and out nine, and and Charlie was. He just drops in a lot and goes looking for the ball, and and you know he's old enough and experienced enough to to know what he's doing. So that must that must be part of the plan. It just makes sometimes makes it look a bit clunky and a bit awkward when you're watching him hunt the ball like that. Um, yeah, it didn't. It didn't. It it's not massively working at the moment, is it? Um, is the I think I think there's a really really interesting decision to make in the summer. You have to remember that um, Austin arrived before Jody Morris. There's a very very interesting 
conversation and, and decision that will be made, hopefully by Morris and Ed Brand first and foremost, when they're building their squad for next year, are we better? You know, Charlie Austin is a fantastic striker at this level, but the way that we want to play is it is it sort of cutting your nose off to spite your face to have him to have him in and around it? I mean, I personally would love love it if he was in the building, but maybe perhaps in a slightly less prominent role. You know, not everything has to go through him or, or be about him, if that makes sense. Um, I'm trying not to, you know, I don't want to be overly harsh on Charlie. I think he's been brilliant on and off the pitch since he's come back. But you've, there's just a sense that he might be limiting some of the other things that are going on um, as, an, as an 11. With the big caveat, of course, that we're miles, miles off it in terms of, in terms of uh, getting anywhere close to our first 11 out. So, you know, maybe he's being asked to play a role that that makes it look a bit clunky because we are lacking so many bodies else around the pitch. And when everyone's back, it will be very different. Who knows? We'll just have to see how it plays out. And sometimes he is a veteran footballer playing in an under-21s team. And and I say that flippantly, but let's be honest, Jody Morris is pretty much saying the same thing at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think our the average age of the 11 that finished the game was 21 and a half or something last um, yesterday evening. It, which is 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 really really young, obviously. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting. You know, obviously Charlie's got to decide what he wants to do in the summer as well, and 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 I'm sure he'll be part of the conversation with with Jody and with Ed in terms of what 2023 24 looks like um, in terms of the squad that we want to build and and how we want to go and compete. I'd love to know his thoughts on how this is going, not as an individual, but as I don't want to say the word project, but as you know, this short-term contract, whether it's gone how he thought it would go. Well, you can only assume not because he was very, very vocal when he joined that it that he was coming to play a role in a promotion challenge and, and we were absolutely not in a promotion challenge. So, you know, the, 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 the black and white of it is it's not going well. Um, you know, that, that can't be debated. Yeah. Both sides missed close-range free kicks. Uh, where do we stand... Or lie down on the draft excluder, um, which both sides utilised during the game. Are you a fan, Terry? Uh, I feel like it's the sort of thing that top clubs did five years ago and it's just figured its way out <laughs> to League Two. And we're all doing it because it makes us look like we might be a good side. But actually, just just stop doing it. <laughs> if somebody in League Two has hit the free kick under the wall it's because they've made a mistake not because they've they're they're just they found the window of opportunity yeah they've just scuffed it right <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it's it's a very bizarre use of one of 10 percent of your uh of your outfield footballers in in a set piece situation it's very very peculiar just stop doing it it's weird <laughs> it's very odd isn't it okay um the triple substitution 66 minutes it it, it did put a lot more oomph into Swindon for the remainder of the game. And let's not make any mistake here. Swindon with a much better team in, in the second half, regardless of the score, regardless of being salty or anything else. And we'll, we'll discuss a bit more why that was clear, but they certainly put a little bit more life into the, into the side. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, particularly Shade and Lavinia both had huge impacts. Obviously they combined for the goal. Brilliant to see Lavinia back. Um, in terms of priorities and getting people signed up for next season, he is absolutely top of my list. And um, we just seemed to have a bit more energy about us, I think, didn't we? Um, you know, you're putting Wakelin back through the middle. 
I think shade polarizes polarizes fans, but but for me, I like that sort of wild card element in him. Um, Williams isn't in the best form at the minute. He's been he's been a bit frustrating for the last three or four weeks. Well, arguably since the since the um, transfer window closed, and, and there is some unverified rumours with regards to you know him being linked away in the last day or so of that window. It does almost look a little bit like a player who couldn't move, and look, we're guessing obviously, but he's starting to look a bit like that. And, and Shade just bit of, just brought a bit more, uh, a bit more unpredictability, a bit more strength, a bit more pace, power, direct running. Um, obviously, scored the goal, created two or two or three other moments of of um, of attacking promise as well. And yeah, just just a bit more energy, pace, and and, and physicality when when we brought those three on, Darcy. I don't know. I'm not. I, just, I mean, he's uh, according to our the uh, the wise wizards in uh, the LS Pod WhatsApp group. He's made more appearances than any other outfield player this season, and I'm still not quite sure what he does, where he does it, what he's good at, what he's bad at. He sort of just is a bit of an enigma to me. But I know, um, I know, I know some fans rate him. Didn't have as much of an impact as Lavinia and Shade, but overall, the, the net positive of those three coming on was 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 very very impressive. And like you said, we should have we should have gone on to win the game. Yeah, we, we did equalise with ten minutes to go, as you described. Hutton's cross to Shade is cleared to Darcy, passing it to Lavinia. Here's attempted shot ricochets nicely to Shade, who manages to put it past the holy one in goal for Carlisle to make it one one. A thoroughly deserved equaliser. Carlisle players, and this is what I was alluding to before, the Carlisle players looked utterly dejected when that when that goal went in, like they just lost in the 95th, 96th minute themselves. And the way fans, not too dissimilar. And then Jeffcott is brought on for Wakeling. That says to me that Jody Morris, like everyone in the ground, could sense a town winner. But as Tucker Jenkins observed, we deserve what we got due to lack of ambition after we equalised. Three points were there for the taking, but we shrank back into ourselves and invited the inevitable ending. And it's hard to disagree with that. I was expecting us to go all out. I think Jody Morris set up for us to go all out. And he, again, we'll get to his post-match in just a minute, but he implied that they didn't do what he was asking them to do. Yeah, it's, it's so hard to get your head around this. You score the goal in the 80th minute, you're bang on top, massively, massively deserved equaliser. And then you just stop doing all the things that you were doing. It, it, it's just, it was so weird to watch, wasn't it? I mean, obviously, Rich, you were there. I was watching from uh, from Dan Chateau. And it just... We just stopped. We just stopped doing all the good things that we'd done for the last 25 minutes to get us back into the game. Um, and it, yeah, I think I can't, I can't put it much better than, than Tucker put it there. We shrank back into ourselves a hundred percent. We did. Um, which is, which is one thing. It's one thing to shrink back into ourselves, but to shrink back into yourselves and then take out a shotgun, point it at your own head and pull the trigger is, uh, is just, just infuriating, wasn't it? Absolutely just infuriating. I just I just don't understand it because I mean Jeff Cott must have been you know, he needs appearances. Jeff Cott needs to get on the pitch, he needs to play some games. Exactly, he needs a goal. And I don't I can't even remember him touching it. 
<laughs> he probably did plenty of times, but there were certainly no no chances where he was able to put himself in a position to score. Um, and then, and and then five minutes goes up on the board, and injury time plays out reasonably okay until the final minute. We give away a needless corner. Moxon is the guy that swings it in, and he he's good at that. We've already seen <laughs> during the game. His cross eludes the mighty zonal marking reds, but not Ryan Edmondson, who was part of the Port Vale side that, that did us last season. I think he missed a penalty, actually. And he heads home unmarked uh, to give Carlisle the points to send the Carlisle. And, and our points on the Carlisle celebrations was of pure envy, wasn't it? It was it was one of those moments where when it happens and you're in that stand and you support that club, it's amazing. Everyone around me in the Don Rogers, there was no noise. It was just... Uh... The zonal marking reds. What are we going to do about these corners, Rich? Um, it's... it's it's. First, well, there's a couple of points to this. I was watching from the Chateau. Everyone who knows when they squeeze into Dan's Chateau that we're about two minutes behind. Um, and I inadvertently, as I did, I was getting frustrated. It was 94 plus 30... You know, ninety four thirty on the clock. Uh, I'm bored. We've got friends around. I'm being. I'm getting moaned out for being antisocial. So oh, I just check my phone. <laughs> few minutes full time, and then just get on with my day. And next thing you know, I you check, and it's it's a goal for Carlisle. And I'm sat there watching it, and the clock goes ninety four forty, ninety four forty five, and we've got a, we've we've got a goal kick. And I'm like, I don't understand what happens in the next twenty seconds for us to. And it was, Rich, I'm sure it was horrendous to watch live, but watching it when you know what's coming was bizarrely even more painful because you just think, like, what are you doing at every stage? What are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you taking the goal kick short? It, there's 10 seconds left. Okay, you've taken it short. Why are you now passing, going nowhere? There's 10 seconds left. Ball back to Bryn scuffed clearance a load of missed tackles a shank it's a corner and then oh man just the defending from the corner is bad it was bad last week it was bad this week and unfortunately I've, on this one I've got to I've got to call out Sol Brin as well he's been brilliant for us this season but I don't know about you Rich are we a little bit old school for me if the ball is two three four yards out of the goal line and you're six foot four and can use your arms You've got to come and do something about that. Hundred percent. Yeah, you've 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 got to. <laughs> In my brain, ninety-sixth minute winners growing up always seem to be like thirty-five yard hopeful exocets that just find their way to go and you're just like, Well, there's nothing we can do about that. But over the last couple of seasons, this is the the exact type of goal Swindon Town conceded in the 96th minute. And there is completely preventable. You can do about that. Every, <laughs> exactly. every single thing. that You can't shrug your shoulders and go, do you know what? They've just done us there. It's just, here's the eight points in the last minute before the goal that we could have done something about this oh, and didn't. Oh, and it, oh dear. Deary, dearie me. I did take some enjoyment. If you got to, if you don't laugh, you cry. When when I when I watch back the highlights to see John Mellish, who really wound up elements of the Don Rogers um during the first half with some of his tackles and, and general housery. But when when they scored, Mellish gave both Tom Brewitt and Tyree Shade a petulant tap on the back as he wheeled off to celebrate. 
Love that. Unbelievably Love. rotten behaviour, but I, I I can't get enough of it. I'm here for it. A little a little a little <laughs> tap on the bum as you run off to celebrate in the corner of your fans. Find me up. John Mellish. Yeah. It made me laugh on Friday, Rich, listening to your um your your pre-game pod with your with your Carlisle supporting uh contributor. John Mellish, the only box to box centre half in the country. That cracks me up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and that was that. We 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 had the opportunity to pump the ball in, um, and that would have been incredible. But we, I mean, Rich, we had the opportunity to pump the ball in twenty seconds before the Carlisle goal as well. Don't forget. <laughs> oh no! And there was the whole you know ninety five minutes before the uh, before before <laughs> that that we could have done more. Jody Morris post match said, "Absolutely gutted. We had real good opportunities to to score more goals, but the final pass has let us down." The cause of our problems was ourselves. We defend poorly for giving away the first corner, which led to the armor goal. For what reason, I don't know. We try and make passes in our own box when we're calling for them to get up the pitch and try and nick the winner. Then poor from a couple of players that went and that went back to the goalkeeper and that was poor. And then the defending for the set piece is really bad. Naivety, immaturity. I think you need a bit of experience on the pitch there. A catalogue of errors which resulted in their winner, which they didn't deserve. And it does feel, and he he does his best to try and word it in in as nice a way as possible that doesn't criticise his employers. But I think we all know that he's not entirely happy with the squad he's got at the moment. Yeah, and that's what it boils down to, isn't it? I think he's probably not happy with a lot of the things that he's found since taking over. But ultimately, it's up to him now to to drive us forward and and change as much of those, as many of those things as possible. Um, I would imagine there will be some, even though we've meant to have built a squad that doesn't churn heavily in the summer, I think we might. Oh my goodness, it's going to be a heavy churn. It's going to be a whole new squad again. I, I don't believe for one second that this time next year we'll look at this lineup and go, well, they're still all here. There's half of them that you're desperate to stay. You know, unfortunately, they're the ones... Who, uh, who we've picked up randomly along along the way for a couple of weeks here and there, but you know if you if you boil it down to boil it down to who you really want about the place next year, it's um it's a real mixed bag and and the summer's going to be wild again, isn't it? And is it going to be under the reign of of Dimicali again? We don't know. Um, you know, we we don't we certainly don't know anything between the two of us or anybody else on the podcast, but. It does seem to be some bubbling away of whispers. Is that fair to say that? that yeah, the rumor mill is churning. So yeah, who knows? Who knows? It'll be another another fascinating summer. I did. I just come back to the um, the consistent comparison that we're that we're making as a group at the moment of of the uh, Richie Wellens um, half season that he had before he got us up, and it does feel to me. A little bit like that. Morris doesn't doesn't rate half the players he has. He's using this time to figure out what does and doesn't work and who he does and doesn't want around the place next year. Despite the loss, there was plenty of positivity post-game. Merriman says, incredibly disappointing. But you know what? I think if we can keep Morris and Brand long-term and they get their chance in the transfer market... Will be okay long term. Off the field, everything's looking up. I, like most of our fans, just can't stand League Two. It's bad, really bad. PJ says, thought we were dominant in the second half and the second goal was coming. Gutted the way it happened. You can see we're slowly transitioning from a Lindsay team to a Morris team and it looks better on to Tuesday. 
Doug Copestake says, first time in a while that there has felt like some decent atmosphere at the county ground. I thought we played pretty decently. Good positive play at times. Such a shame to concede so late on and come away with absolutely nothing. Rob Dinsey says, frustrating ending. But we were good today. Lots of strong performances. The fluid attacking play after the three subs in particular, really promising. Bruit is much better than a guy without a contract in March has any right to be. Bodes well for next season. And finally, Bernie Man said, decent game with such a Swindony ending. Bruit and Clayton were decent until added time. Hutton impressed, as did Williams and McEachran who got man of the match again, more of that later. Now Brand is in. We need to work towards next season and plan to hit the ground running. Recruitment needs a complete change. And like we said, the rumour mill is churning on this. And and that's what we're saying here. It's not all doom and gloom. There are, I don't want to say green shoots, because people have been saying that all season and it's not really happened. But now we are with a new coaching staff that, that seem to know what they're doing and they do get some kind of note from the squad that they didn't assemble, you have to be positive. Absolutely, absolutely. It, Morris and Brand and a couple of the, a couple of the players that they've brought in, particularly George McEachern, they're your big, they're your big bonuses at the minute. They're your big bonuses, and you've just got to hope they get given, like I said, a, a clear remit to to do what they need to do in the summer to make us competitive. I think my my fear is that we waste. Ha- making such a great appointment by getting in our own way as we, as we tend to do from time to time, <laughs> um, you know, on, on the surface of it, Morris and Ed Brand have taken, taken their roles on in good faith and believe in the project and know that it's a good opportunity for them. Um, I just hope we don't get in our own way. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. In terms of man of the match, because we haven't really talked about many of the overall performances, lots of Tom Brewitt, uh, appreciation on his debut, which is good to see. It tends to happen, though, with our new players, and then they slowly fade away. Let's hope Brick can maintain that form. George McEachran, though, was the listener's man of the match by a country mile, and I'm not arguing with that. Terry, are you? No. Please, please give him a three-year deal immediately. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I think I'm more confident about this than than anything because he is a he is a Jody Morris player. But then again, we <laughs> I, I thought Manny Egbo would stick around because he was a Bengana player this time next last season. So if we have a repeat, I don't know how I would feel. But uh, yeah, he, he he looks he looks head and shoulders above above some of the players. Um, he really does. Yeah. The the, the thing on McEachern, I was chatting to a few friends about it last night in terms of like. Well, you know, there will be League One clubs sniffing, and I think that's probably fair. If any, you know, there, there will be bottom half League One clubs thinking that if, or even, or even the sides coming down from League One into League Two, that they will be thinking if we can get this kid out of Swindon, then they're going to have one hell of a player on our hands for next season. My one hope is that a obviously the Morris connection, yes, but also the kid just needs to play football. He's twenty two years old. He's played seven senior games before joining us. He needs to play consistent football. Now, is it a risk? Is it a risk worth taking for an extra 500 quid a week or whatever to go and go try again somewhere and, and convince another manager, another set of coaching staff and another set of fans? Um, stay here, play 60 games over the next season and a half and we'll flog you for a bag of balls to MK Dons in January 2025. I just cannot understand how his agent representative whatever 
wasn't able to convince another club to invest in McEachern over the last year, whether that was salary demand or injury, I don't know. But the fact that you know we've we've taken that gamble, and if we don't get another year from him, that will be incredibly frustrating. Yet, of course, way of the world. Yeah, I mean, look, we don't know. We don't know the um, the, the nuances of his agreement with us, right? He might it might be a simple case of play ten games and you get two years. Yeah, you know, we don't know. And and I'm not one of these. Uh, drumbeaters that obsessively say the club have to tell us everything like you know open yeah. and transparent doesn't mean tell us every transfer fee and every contractual situation i just hope I that, that we've we've been smart enough to put triggers in place so that if he is happy here and 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 is playing football and impacting the side he's here for, he's here for the medium to long term i think george mckechran at 24 with as i said 80 games for for Jody Morris's League Two title winning Swindon Town Football Club is a significant is 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 has every chance of going on to have a good championship career. George McEachern leaving Swindon after six games to go and sign for Wimbledon or MK or, or whoever, it's just sort of like, well, you're just starting again, aren't you? So I really, really hope that he's happy here, he feels at home and he can see he can see the value in just consistently playing for Morris at the moment. Yeah. Was anyone else in, in what you saw before you had to go and entertain uh, friends and so forth? Did anyone stand out? Because I think it was one of those games where not many had particular sinkers. Harrison Minton started and he played 66 minutes. I don't think he did anything wrong and he just was taken off for the, the triple sub. There were, you know, there were frustrating moments, but there weren't any ones where it's just like good lord was there no i think minton did okay i think Bruitt did okay i'm i'm always loath to big up center half too much when you've conceded a goal like that um yeah. so that i think that's a bit tricky do you know what do you know who i think does deserve a, a little nod is jake wakelin playing out of position yeah. Um, you know he's not a left wing back but what i love about him is it doesn't matter where you put him on the pitch he will give you everything. And sometimes at this level, that's all you need to be, a, to, you know, we don't need much more from him when you're down to the bare bones. So I think fair play to, to him. I think he, he he did about as best as he could do. Hepburn Murphy was just a classic Hepburn Murphy performance where half the time he looks like a world beater, half the time he looks like he's never played football before in his life. Um permanently off balance to the point where it, it, it's almost genius at times a real mixed bag from him but no McEachern was definitely the standout performer for sure 100% and yeah I think Wakelin's performance was really hampered by a very harsh early yellow card when you're out of position and on a yellow it, it becomes so much more difficult yeah it does it does but at least he went around he went about his work diligently from that from that moment and and stayed competitive stayed stayed in the game you know I do think he suffers from a little bit of a lack of quality sometimes in the deciding moments, but he's also 20 years old playing his first proper season of football. And there was a graphic doing the rounds from, um, I love calling out not the top 20 podcast, given their uh, heart, their 50% Oxford fans, but there was a great um, graphic that I saw them distribute this week where he's basically got more than, more than double the goals and assists than any other under 21 in league two. So he is having a fantastic first season. Um, and I think he's just super likable as well, isn't he? You know, you can't, you can't help, but not want him to do well. So 
I think he did about as well as he could have expected to do yesterday. Absolutely. Okay, well, let's have a sting and then we'll come back and talk about season ticket pricing. <laughs> okay, 9, 10, 12, 12, 10, 9, 7. No, not Swindon's goals against Tally. It's the last eight chart positions for real to real. Is their song. Okay, Terry, it's that time of year again where we, the Swindon Town fans, got a long-winded justification for the season ticket prices. And what we all do is we frantically look to see how much it's going to cost the individual, me. So the first thing I do is check to see how much it's going to cost me. Luckily for me, the, the damage, for want of a better phrase, was limited a little bit of a price increase it already it feels weird saying early bird but i'm still paying more it doesn't feel like an early bird if i'm paying more money but that's just a slight wording issue we're going to talk about this now and i'm i'm kind of loathed to really go to town on this until we really know the facts and that is my main criticism here put away the costing they have presented the prices but they haven't included every single detail customers the fans the people that are going to put hundreds of pounds into the football club in so we know exactly what we're doing so there was no discussion of finance um there was there's no discussion of you know there was a bit of ambiguity about the family packages about disabled tickets and unfortunately what we've had since then our fans are reaching out to the club the club are responding, but it's it's not getting to everybody. It's been an absolute mess yet again because things have been missed out on the literature that we're all going to read. And there was even a mistake in the program this weekend on, on season tickets. And it's just so frustrating, Terry. Oh, Rich, 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 Rich. I'm with you. I almost don't want to discuss the actual prices. Yeah. Um, at a very high level, 5% increase for what they're claiming is every type of ticket is very reasonable. £27 for a walk-up in League 2 is an absolute disgrace. That's that at a top level, that that that's it, right? That's fine. We move on. I think 95% of people will renew and and we and we move forward. My my issues and beef are not at all with the pricing by the £27 walk-up. The communication strategy for arguably your most important, most highest profile, biggest revenue-generating activity of the year is an absolute shambles. It's a shambles. Like, there's, there's no other word for it. You... You publish something that is riddled with mistakes and also isn't in it's it's not full it's not it's in it's not in its entirety it's not exhaustive so this so you have this sort of wave of like everybody sees the prices everyone goes oh that's probably a, all right like there's lots of clubs doing more oh 27 pound that's sharp but okay fine whatever i'm paying 10 quid more fine what and then over the next 24, 48 hours, you start hearing stories, right? You start hearing stories of individuals who are like, oh, hang on, well, mine, mine has gone up 40% because 
they this whole disabled tickets thing, you know, I, complete transparency. This affects me. This affects my family. Um, and I've seen on Twitter the to and froings all weekend with, with regards to other families that that it's affecting, including one heart wrenching tweet from from somebody basically saying, "If this is true, I'm done. I like I've got I'm, I won't I can't watch the club anymore. And this is all this is you know this, this is the thing that I care about most. And and the most frustrating thing, Rich, is I will put money on it that the club will come out at some point this week. And correct all of these mistakes. But why do you put yourself in the position where you have to correct the mistakes? Stop making the mistakes. Communicate effectively. It's 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 so frustrating, Rich. It's so frustrating. And 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 if they don't correct the mistakes, particularly with the disabled one, like I said, it's a very, very personal issue. So I've got to be careful how how emotive and angry I get about it. But for my family's situation, we're done. Like, I'm not paying 40% more when, when they're making a hoo-ha about everybody paying 5% more. I'm not doing it. Simple as that. So we all know that they're errors. We all know that we all know they're mistakes. But those mistakes have impact on people. Those mistakes have upset people. Those mistakes have made people panic that they can't do the thing they love next year. Uh, and, and that's just do better. Like, come on, do better proofread it's not it's not complex and the other thing is the the other thing i i really really have to raise is the period of collaboration cooperation whatever you want to call it with with the trust and and, and the supporters club why are they not picking up this stuff do they have disabled representation in those conversations do they have family do you know do they have family representation in those in those discussions why are we not getting the full detail and why are we then ham-fisting responses along the lines of that product that you bought last year we've taken it away so now it's going to cost your family 150 pounds a season more but if you want to register interest we might bring it back what it's a mess yeah if if not everybody is on social media, Terry, that registered of interest bit, if if you could have a little bit of elaboration without mentioning who asked the question. It's it, there's no one individual, Rich. I think there's there's seven or eight different um, people I've seen references. Okay. The I the from what I can gather, and like I said, the, this isn't something that impacts me, but the disabled one does. So I'm I'm deep down the um the the mine with this one. From what I can gather, there are multiple different variations of a family ticket. For example, one adult plus two kids, two adults plus one kid, et cetera, et cetera. They have removed one of the options, which means that if you are, for example, and this might not be the exact case, but for example, if you are two adults, two kids, and you bought that family season ticket, that option no longer exists. So to buy those tickets normally, you're now in effect seeing a a big increase in pricing. The club have been asked about this and the response was that it has been removed because of lack of interest or uptake and that they may bring it back if people are register an interest. But there's no discussion around how did they how did they measure whether there was it whether there was interest or not. And also, what, what difference what, does it what make if there isn't any difference? What difference does it make? There are, even if there's only 10 families in your whole fan base that buy that set of tickets, why take it away? What do you achieve by taking it away? 
and guaranteed it, they haven't taken it away. It's a mistake. It's an oversight. And now they're desperately scrambling for some sort of way of backing out. Yeah, and I think that's what we're going to see over the next week or two, as you as you stated. I think what we'll get is a re-release with the detail that's been missed out. And my hope is that it was just dreadful copy as opposed to various with the club and the fan groups sitting down and then forgetting to discuss it. Because I imagine a lot of the conversation would have been about how much more can Swindon Town charge that's acceptable. And I'm sure the fan groups fought the corner. But if if the things have been missed out, then that 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 is a lot more questions to be asked and, and a great, great shame. But like we both agree on, we're not going to be more critical beyond the initial release. It's nothing to do with the digits on the the spreadsheet it's to do with why is not every detail that we're entitled to know included and need to know because i'll probably do it on finance this year i didn't do it last year but this year i probably will and when i saw there was no finance i was like "Ooh, can i do this this year and and you know and then it was announced that they will be doing it but i want it in that one place where i'm going to read it because if i wasn't on social media or so forth i won't look again i'm going well it's not it's not available to me anymore so that's that's just so frustrating because again, just like our loss against Carlisle, utterly preventable. Completely and utterly preventable, Rich. I'm sat here the week the club that we both love has issued their season tickets. We we're both season tick holders. We both want to renew. And I can't tell you whether it's going to cost my family £290 or £405. I can't tell you whether I have to pay that now or whether I can spread it. I can't tell you whether I can spread it interest free or whether I have to pay a fee to do it. Like, what? How have you put so much effort into launching the most important communications of the season and we're sat here baffled, absolutely baffled? Yeah, yeah. And the town end is not £23 view in any way, shape or form. But, oh dear, that, that's 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 just one of those things, sadly. When, when you think we went to Orient last week, side stand, 20 quid, I shrug my shoulders and wonder why we can't be doing that sort of price. And you know what? I hope, as I said to to you guys yesterday or, or earlier last week, I would love for the Football League to bring in reciprocal pricing as a rule. If we charge £27 for away fans, and I am an away, I go away with this club a lot, and I absolutely will not complain about paying £27 to go to anywhere next year because we've done this. And if every club in, the, in, in League 2 wants to charge us 27 quid, who can blame them? Oh yeah, a lot of the noise in the initial wave that that opening when we're just looking at the the percentage increase and the uh, the walk up prices were from away fans um, going bloody hell. Um, but yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll move on and we'll see what happens over the coming days and weeks, and hopefully there will be more clarity. I appreciate there have been efforts to correct, but it's just not on a widespread scale. It's just replying to individuals and little bits and pieces and if you're not in the trust you're missing bits out it's it's been it's been it's been a mess and sadly it's something we've come to expect and i and i really hope because like you said it's the most important announcement of the season for the fans when when we're looking to renew and i will renew and i will and i will renew with us with a smile on my face i just want to know how much is it going to cost me and how can i pay you know we, we last year 
criticize comms and well, we we didn't have a fun weekend i can't see how anyone could tell us just you know man up cupcake grin and bear it and just you know the club have done everything we were almost out of business two years ago whatever you know we're, we're trying to put money into the club we just we just want to know what the hell's going on exactly rich exactly and look unfortunately my um little one is having a meltdown to uh rival the size of my meltdown <laughs> with regards to season tickets so um should we should we very quickly wrap up <laughs> Walsall away so they, they've they've not won in the league since new year's day uh they beat mansfield since then they've played 11 lost three drawn eight scoring something like seven and conceding 11 if we can't beat them this time round, we're never going to ever again are we one one charlie austin penalty we move on terry thank you very much <laughs> thanks rich The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.